welcome to So This Is Love. My name's Aaron. And my name's Leslie. And this is episode 102. 102. That's right. Um, and we're not talking about temperature. <coughs> no. Um, <laughs> you'll have to excuse me. I'm My, my throat hurts. So Les is going to do more of the talking. Am I? Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that. I just decided that. Oh, you just decided that like right now. Yeah, this moment. This very moment. Go. Okay, so <laughs> welcome to episode 102. Um, Aaron is not feeling really well. His Well, his throat has been bothering him. He went to the doctor last week, got some medicine. Antibiotics. Antibiotics, got a little better, and now his throat hurts again. Mm. So we had a great week. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a busy week. Uh, <laughs> so last week, we went to San Antonio and Austin. Mm-hmm. Um we went for my nephew's birthday party in Austin, but we spent a day in San Antonio with some cousins. With my cousins, and um, had a really great time. Got to visit some cool places. Oh my gosh! And eat some good food and some good desserts. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Austin for a birthday party, and mm-hmm. that was fun. And then we got home. We drove home. Yeah. Um. Actually, before we did that, we stopped at Trader Joe's in San Antonio. In San again. Antonio. And we in, we, well, we stopped in Austin too. Okay, so Sunday morning. On the way to Austin, yes, we stopped at a Bucky's. Yes, for some blueberry scones. Blueberry scones. If you've never had the blueberry scones at Bucky's, have so them. good. Uh, and then we went to the birthday party. Uh huh. And then on the way back, we stopped at Bucky's again for more blueberry scones. <laughs> and while we were in Austin, we stopped at Trader Joe's, but they didn't have the chai tea that you were looking for. Yeah. So. On the way back, we stopped in, in San Antonio at that Trader Joe's right. for the chai tea. Yes, and I called before we went because to I make sure, to make they, sure had it. <laughs> they had it. And then we stopped um, at Bucky's. Yeah. Again. If you haven't had the chai from Trader Joe's, go get it. I stocked up because we don't have a Trader Joe's here. So we hit up two different establishments twice in the same day. <laughs> that was funny. So we get home at like... 11. Yeah. And the first thing that happens when we walk in the door is... Um, my mom says, I don't feel well. Can you please take me to the emergency room? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, in way earlier episodes and throughout our 100 episodes, we've talked about how I, we take care of my mom. She had a stroke in 2009. And she... Said she was in pain and she wanted to go to the emergency room. And she's never said that. She'll usually complain about pain or she'll say she doesn't feel well. Um, and we can usually gauge what that means, whether it's like a cold or a flu. But she said her side hurt. And so we said, okay. <laughs> so it's 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. We put down our bags and took mom to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um. Sunday night. This was Sunday night. We were in the emergency room till 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. Found out mom had a bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. In, and an inflamed bowel. And an inflamed bowel. And so they decided they were going to um, admit her. Admit her. And the lady said, you guys can go home because it's going to be another two hours before we get her a room. Yeah. She said, we're going to give her some morphine for the pain. And so she's going to sleep anyway. So we came home and uh, slept for probably about five hours. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I went to work the next day. Because you went to work the next day. 
And um, I was off, so I was able to go with go to the hospital and be with her for the most of the day. And that's pretty much been our week. And that's pretty much been our week. Every morning, I had to go to the hospital to be with mom for a few hours. And then I would go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what was going on, like Aaron would go in the evening or I would go in the evening for a while with her. Family went to visit her. She's better now. She's doing mm-hmm. a whole lot better. She came on Friday. She came home on Friday. Um and that she's still on some major antibiotics. So pray for recovery for mom. Well, tomorrow we have a ton of uh, doctor appointments to go with her too, mostly for a follow-up and stuff. So pray yeah. for us too. Um, it's rough taking care of a sick parent. Yeah, but, but she's good. But yeah, and she's good. And, you know, I think I think it helps us all to bond a little. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish she didn't have to be when she was sick. Yeah, somebody, she told us today that Somebody told her that she should only be asking Leslie for help because Leslie's the one who's responsible for her. And I, I looked at her and I was like, Mom, you're my mom, right? Yes. Like, okay, you can ask me for help. Yeah. I don't I think that's a culture thing. I don't care. You know, I don't know. Like you and I are a team, and that's what mom doesn't understand mm-hmm. completely. I don't think most people understand that we're a team. Yeah. And we don't have children. But we do take care of mom, and it's kind of a team effort. We are one. Yeah. Um, and so when she said that, I was like, uh, <laughs> no. We help each other out. So if you need me, then you say me. But if you know that I'm not around, then you can ask Aaron for yeah, help. You know, I'm not just going to let you sit there like yes, that. Exactly. No. So that's been our week <laughs> in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were in San Antonio... We got to hang out with my cousins, um, Crystal and Alex. Yeah. And we had a really great time with them. They're super funny. And uh, this episode is their interview. Yes. This, this episode is their interview about how they met and fell in love. And, their uh, love story. Yeah. Crystal's been on the podcast before. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first time we got to sit down with Alex. Who I love. Alex, I love you. You're amazing. And You're so funny. It, this is part one yes. because it just the stories that came out were just so hilarious, <laughs> uh, and it took some time, you yeah. know, to get through all of them. But so good. Uh, we hope you all enjoy it. We had so much fun recording it, and this is like I said, this is just the first part. Yeah. So yeah. My mom has it like that. She's got three guest bedrooms, and like you just kind of like all of them, you just sit there. But there's not going to the room to just kind of. Relax before you go to bed, right? And so I told her, so I was like, this, I think this is the best room in the house. I was like, this, <laughs> yeah, we're hanging in there all the time. Yeah, I was like, That's cool. Here. I was like, and then what's on the TV? Is it Chromecast? Or is it, yeah, uh, the Chromecast. On the the right. Chromecast on the TV. I was like, anybody comes over, they can Chromecast their stuff up on the TV. I was like, it, I was like, it just, it I just want it comfortable. I like, that's, that's my biggest thing is to have like a spare bedroom. Where people are comfortable. I was like, that's a the couch thing. was really cool. Like that was a really nice touch. And like you said, the table was yeah. really cool. And I was like, you can have somewhere put something. You know, I we were gonna put it outside in front of places, and everybody would come and put all their stuff on it. I'm like, that yeah. table was very useful. Yeah, like everybody yeah. uses it. <laughs> yeah, well, and we then you can play checkers on it if you yeah, want. Yeah, bonus. Yeah, yeah. to get a chess game going. <laughs> um, we I rec- started recording already. Oh, oh okay, so, okay, yeah. yeah. We like to do that. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of surprise. Gets a little soft mm-hmm. opening. Yeah, soft. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but wait, do you want to? Oh, whatever. You can go ahead. Well, hey, everyone. Hi. <laughs> we are currently in 
San Antonio, Texas. Mm. And we are with Crystal and Alex. Hello. Hello. Hi. Crystal's been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. It's the first time for Alex. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and on, on, on our podcast, so this is love. We like to like have guests on, uh, and, and Crystal was a guest, that, like, mm-hmm. but she didn't get to tell her love story or anything like that because we like to reserve that for the couples. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, <laughs> <laughs> and so when we were like, when Leslie was saying that we were going to come up to Austin and stop in in San Antonio and visit with y'all, I was like. So they know that we're going to record an episode, right? Like, they're aware of this? I told Alex you're going to drill him about how much he loves me. <laughs> we're going to remind you. This episode is going to go. It's going to be the shortest episode. <laughs> the end. Now, um, Roll credits. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just going to basically ask you guys some, some questions, and we want to hear your love story from beginning to now. Um, where you all were, and and I'll ask some questions throughout because I'm I'm inquisitive like that. Um, and Leslie, might, like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of interrupting between when I talk from Crystal because <laughs> she constantly tells me that the story's wrong, that you're getting, getting the details it right. wrong. Everyone know my yes. eyes are rolling real big right now. <laughs> that's constant that's the best interview right there. no you know it's because Alex every story he tells like the story about this room that we just heard that's not how it happened, exactly <laughs> how it happened. I found a picture online and I said hey look at this picture it's really cool and then you said huh huh and then I said let's try it and you go I got an idea let's try it that's how that happened <laughs> if you said it was about the stuff on the walls I would be like yeah that's probably I would the way pull it is. up that picture but this, how the, anything that has to do with the furniture, does that, the layout is designed by who? <laughs> who, who? Who does the layout of the furniture in this I'm house? I'm just saying I should Your silence speaks I should a picture. And the reason that is is because my, I grew my family. My dad was in the military uh-huh. for my entire life. But he, when he retired, I was 18 years old. My mom was, for the most part, a stay-at-home mom. Um, wherever we, wherever he was stationed at, she didn't work. And there would be times where we would go to school and come back home, and you thought the cups were on this side of the cupboard? Not no more. Oh. You thought that the when you walked in that the eight-foot uh, entertainment center was on this side of the wall? Not anymore. It's on the other side of the wall. My mom rearranged the house all the time. And my mom's house looks like a model home. You walk she into still it. still rearranges it. Yeah, and she still rearranges it. My mom has a sectional that is made up of like eight pieces, eight little individual pieces. Mm-hmm. And she will be sitting there talking to you and just, I don't like this. I don't like this layout anymore and change it while she's talking to you. She would, it's like a transforming room oh, wow. all the time. That's so beautiful. me and my older brother, and my younger brother, not so much because he didn't, he grew up when my dad was out of the military, mm-hmm. but me and my older brother can walk into a room and we can rear, we can arrange the furniture in the room to where it looks nice. Because we just got used to, like, this is one style, this is another style, this is where the center of this room is supposed to be, this is how you're supposed to put the furniture in this room. So, if she's talking about pictures on a wall, then yes, that is all her. All the pictures <laughs> that are on this wall, all the decorative stuff that's on the wall, you can you can give Crystal the credit for. When anything, I explode with lies! Anything, anything that has to do with furniture of where it is at. Not, not the decorative Let's just stuff. agree to disagree on Not this the decorative one. stuff. Agree not like the little knickknacks and the picture frames, but like the placing of the furniture. That is all me. Nice. 
That's hilarious. When when we got our house, mm-hmm. right? Not not when we got married, but when we got our house, we had some some people helping us move all of our our kitchen stuff mm-hmm. and um, you know putting stuff away in the pantry and in the cupboards and everything. And they would I, I'd be coming in and out like with like bundles of stuff, and they'd be asking Leslie, "Hey Leslie, where does this go?" And I'd be like, it goes over there. No, like, I don't know why. Leslie, where do I put this pan? I'm like, it goes over here. Because I, I don't know why. Like, it just, I was like, this is where it goes. And that's, that's how where Alex is with, like, the kitchen. I don't, I never thought about where stuff goes. It was just either there, I don't know. But he's like, I need the knives to be here in the closest spot so that when I'm cutting, I can pull out the knife. I'm like, yeah. I guess. I'm, and that this? makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Right? Kitchen flow makes sense. Why are you going to put the cups next to the microwave? It doesn't make any sense. No. no one uses people put cups in the microwave. This one does, but <laughs> regular people don't. Nice. <laughs> You're gonna get kicked off of the love podcast and be like, you know I what, Alex, <laughs> out. No, I think what he meant to say is people with sense. I'm Ooh. <laughs> Oh no! Maybe it's I'm gonna steal the mic <laughs> and do my own. Hey everybody! <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> let's, let's let's backtrack a little bit. We've met Crystal, Alex. Uh, tell us about yourself. Um, I don't know what you guys want to know. Uh, Your name is Alex. My name is Alex. Um, <laughs> I'm a financial analyst. Uh, I was born in '79 and was actually born in California. I've lived all over the world. Um, cool. I call El Paso home only because I went to high school there and a lot of my oldest friends are from there. Um, <coughs> that's, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Like, I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm a clown. Crystal knows that. Mm-hmm. I'm a clown. I'm loud. Um, I love company. I love hanging out with friends and family. Um, I'm really close to my family. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I'm a, I'm a very... Fun loving, like I'm, I'm the type of person that if people are gonna come over, I'm happy about that. Yeah. You know, like I, me and Chris will spend a lot of time together. Um, we like getting lost, like in the backwoods of Texas and stuff, and yeah. finding little shops and little things that that we enjoy. Um, but I like having people over. I like having company. I like, you know, big uh, family. No, not necessarily. Um, it's me. I got it's uh, me. I have an older brother who's four years older than me. I have a younger brother who's fourteen years younger than me. Oh, um, my parents were were teenage parents. My mom got pregnant with my brother when she was fifteen, and my dad was sixteen. My dad joined the Marine Corps when he was seventeen. He mm-hmm. did twenty two years, um, and they're still together. And they're yeah. still together. Mm-hmm. Forty. They're, they've awesome. been together for forty three years now. Forty two oh, years. Yeah. Um, I always tell people if I could have half the marriage they have, that I'll be successful. Mm-hmm. That they're they're very they they are very passionate people. So they're mm-hmm. they love very passionately and they argue very passionately. <laughs> yeah. So I I've learned to uh, love as much as they do, and I've toned back the arguing as much as they do. So <laughs> it's like you learn from both sides from them from their successes and their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. But well, I. I have the same setup where I have an older brother mm-hmm. who's 15 months older than me, and I have a younger brother who's three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's not a huge family, but you have to like take into consideration all the friends and the cousins. And that's the thing. Like my my dad, is, my parents are very like into themselves. They they are uh, 
my mom always says that my, your dad's my best friend, you know. Mm. And my dad's like, I don't have any friends. So, not my friend. I really like her. And so, uh, but no, they, they, you know, they, they don't have a lot of like really close friends where they bring over a lot of people. My mom is very family oriented. She, she's the only daughter of uh, six brothers. Wow. Um, yeah. And she's the middle child. Oh, okay. Um, so there's three. There's like you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is uh, three older and three younger. She's the middle, um, and uh, she's very family orientated. My dad could give two blanks less than <laughs> about his family at all. And and when you see his family, how he came from that is beyond me. My dad's my dad's story is very fascinating. It's mm-hmm. he left the house when he was uh, twelve. He ran away from home when he was twelve. Wow. And he has stories of like driving trucks, like big rig trucks, when he was thirteen in convoys. Oh my gosh! Um, he bought a motorcycle when he was thirteen, and would drive up and down Texas and all over the country and stuff. And just him and and you see pictures of him when he's thirteen, and he looks like he's twenty two. Wow. We just yeah. talked about this. We saw a picture like two days ago or yeah, something. Yeah, and they're like, the "How old do you think my dad is?" I'm like, "I'm not like twenty. I was like, "He's thirteen. He's thirteen like, in this he picture that he has. Wow. It's because he had long hair. Yeah, long hippie yeah. hair and everything. And very motorcycle diaries. He, he yeah, looks like he was... the dad from This Is Us. Oh, okay. oh yeah. that's who he looks like. Like long, my skinny. Into menu. Yeah, <laughs> but he he uh, very very um, very adventurous life and didn't you know and came from a very uh, poor background and and my mom would talk about them growing up poor and stuff like that. And my dad never talked about it. And when I was like in 10th grade, he, my mom said something and my dad just kind of like, like, you know, made like kind of, you know, just waved it off. And I was like, is that true dad? Because, you know, they grew up together. It was kind of, they met each other so young. Mm -hmm. They got pregnant and they were together ever since. And so, and Allie's mom said when she saw him, she didn't like him at all. Yeah, she's like, I hated your dad. Oh. He thought he was so cool. And, just, <laughs> and all of a sudden, she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That so, seems to be a theme in, in <laughs> Yeah, and so, right? <laughs> so, and so, uh, um, they, what was I saying? Oh, uh, they, 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 your mom made a comment. And you're, you're oh, but yeah, my dad blew it up. And then my dad opened up about how he grew up and had me in tears. Like, mm-hmm. Just dirt floors and and going from one you know farm to the next and like you know just this constant like traveler's life and mm-hmm. he was like I hated it I, I hated it he was like and he and his family is divided um, as far as age groups he, there's a gap between the, there's three of them that are younger and then there's four of them that are older and there's a big there's like a 15 20 year gap between the two of them between the two groups that's a lot yeah and it's and they are and the, it's all the same parents. My grandparents were married for 60 years, 60, 70 years. Oh, wow. And so, um, so they, so my dad, when you, when you hear the stories about his family, it's a lot of scheming and scamming and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, it's not even living day to day. It's kind of like living, living meal to meal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it reminds my, me of that show, Sneaky Pete, like his family's like Sneaky Pete all his mm-hmm. life. It, yeah. Sneaking stuff. Yeah, and so well, I mean, it's survival. Yeah, it, it is survival, but it's survival in the face of success. Like, you're not trying to be successful. You're just like I'm. I'm just trying to eat and live and live, but it's with no goal. So mm-hmm. you never, you never get to the second tier. No. because you're constantly like spitting in the face of how to get to the second tier. Like, I don't need to go to school. I'm not going to work for the man. You know, like yeah. very backwards thinking. You mm-hmm. know, 
and and because of that, they you know, to this day that a lot of people in that family in the, my dad's side of the family they struggle wow. because it's just kind of this you know mentality yeah, yeah. this mentality of, of no success isn't what you think it is success is you know struggling mm-hmm. you know day to day so my dad is really is not really close to, to his family at all and, and but he's close to his immediate like you guys oh yeah my dad he's is very close yeah so, so as far as me and my brothers and my mom are concerned we're super close mm-hmm. we're super tight um, we, you know, it's it, the idea of you fight one of us, you fight all of us kind of, yeah. you know, uh, you know, type of situation, you know, well, I always tell people like that I'm really close to, I always tell them like, if I got a dime, you got a nickel, you know, with them, it's like, if I got a dime, you got nine cents, it's, yeah. you know, and, you know, as long as I have a house, they'll never be homeless, you mm-hmm. know, type of situation. So, um, yeah, I come from that, from like this very close background, but because we were in the military, the extended family, we're not really close to, and it wasn't until... We, my mom started putting together these, these annual family reunions, which is just like these annual picnics now, yeah. um, that I started getting close to, her, to my cousins on her side of the family. Okay. And so that becomes, you know, the family from Arlington, the family from Brownsville, family from Wichita, from all these other places that we get, that we're really close to now. But that's, it's all recent. And you were talking about um, your grandma earlier. Uh, which, which one is that? Uh, that's my dad's, my dad's okay. side, yeah. My grandma and my grandpa, my grandpa was this, um, I'm very pale complected or light complected. I don't think pale. Yeah, it's <laughs> Alex. He doesn't think he. He says Hugo in Mexico, but nobody would ever think he's Mexican. I'm like, you look like every Mexican in Mexico. Like, get out of here. Like, so um, my grandpa's very pale complected, yeah. and he and they always say that he wouldn't get brown in the summer. He just he would turn red, um, and that's was me as a kid. Like I, I don't and even now I don't I don't tan well. I just kind of turn red, and so. Um, but it's a very deep South Mexican thing. Yeah. Because People from like Monterrey. That's yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's, That's what, what I Crystal think Alex family. They're blonde, eyed, blonde hair, blue eyed, right, also. Yeah, right, right, very. And so um, my grandpa was super. He was very loving. Like he, you know, he every time he saw us, big hugs and kisses, and you know, there was definitely a language barrier because I don't speak fluent Spanish, and, mm-hmm. and they didn't speak, you know, speak very little English. But there was always a big communication of love. There was always yeah. like you were always welcome, and he was mm-hmm. always happy to see us and stuff. My grandma was the exact same way. But the stories of my grandmother are way different. <laughs> like my my one story is is that my my dad and my mom got my mom got pregnant at fifteen. My dad was sixteen. Mm-hmm. I had actually had my brother at fifteen, and my dad was sixteen. At seventeen, he went to my grandpa and said, "I'm going to join the Marine Corps." And my grandpa said, "No, they're going to send me to Vietnam. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to sign." Yeah. And he goes, "Well, either you sign or we wait till my birthday, which is like three months away. And I'm going to go anyways, but I need to go." So. But my the story is my grandpa waited like five days and then he finally signed the paperwork and they sent him off. Yeah. Um well while he was overseas or he's in boot camp and then eventually overseas, my mom lived with my grandmother. Oh. Right. That's um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the one of the crazy stories is that while my dad was overseas, my grandmother was writing my mom was writing my dad and telling my dad that my mom was out with different men. Was cheating on him, and she was, wasn't. She was was not taking care of my older brother. Um, would just leave him in the room and let him cry, and like really horrible, horrible things. And she's well, what, like sixteen at the time. Yeah, so she doesn't know what to do. Right? She doesn't know that this is going on at all. She doesn't know these letters are being sent. Oh, and so your mom is sending my grandmother. grandmother yeah, sending letters about your mom, about my mom, oh my to my dad, and my dad's overseas. My dad's in a whole other country. Yeah. yeah. So my dad's intention was to come back and divorce my mom and call it a day. No yeah. way. Yeah. And they were 18, 17 and 18 at the time. 
So story is that my dad lands in Lubbock and they didn't have the terminals where you walk, you was like actually you would go on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. And my dad's oldest sister, my Aunt Gracie, God rest her soul, she pushed everybody aside and ran to my dad. Well, as soon as my dad got off the plane, my mom is sitting there with my older brother and he's two years old at the time. Oh wow. And everybody pushes her to the back mm-hmm. to go greet my dad, right? So my Aunt Gracie runs to him, and my dad says, the first thing that your Aunt Gracie tells me is, everything mom sent you is not true. You have a good wife. She's been taking care of your son. She's been at home. She's been doing, like, all these things. So my dad, they went to the farm, or they went to the house that I was in Lubbock, and they dropped everybody off. They, my dad goes, let's go. You know, leave Omar, my, my brother, leave him there at the house, being you need to go talk. So they get in the car, and my my dad's older, one of his older brothers, my Uncle Larry, was like, I'm going to get in the car with you and go wherever you're going. My dad's like, no, you need to stay here and you can go talk to my wife. Well, that brother went and told the mom and the mom comes down and goes, you need to take your brother to where he wants to go. And he was like, mom, shut up. Take my wife. We need to go talk. And so my dad showed her all the letters and my mom goes, I almost left your dad. Like he was like, she was like, I can't be a part of this family. Like this, your mom's crazy. Wow. And so you hear about these stories like, oh my God. While she was living there, she would charge her for, you know, if she went to the cupboard and grabbed milk or mm-hmm. like syrup, she would charge her for it. That she would buy, <laughs> she oh, would wow. buy all this, wow. she would buy all this baby food for my brother and my uncle Larry loved the banana baby food and would oh, go and eat no. it. And then she would go tell, you know, my mom would go tell her mother-in-law like, hey, you know, your son is eating my stuff. And she's like, well, this is his house. He can eat whatever he wants. Like, mom, but it's expensive. I got to buy it. And then she would watch my older brother. And then at the end of the week, she would tell my mom, you owe me for watching your brother, for watching your son. Like, it was like all this, like. Oh, no, no, the other way. Yeah. 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 I thought you were saying, like, that your mom was telling your grandma, you owe me for all this food. No, no. Mm -hmm. She would tell her, like, you owe me for babysitting. Wow. And she was so young. I mean, what can you do at that young age? You're just trapped in this weird scenario. Yeah. My dad sent home, uh, he sent home pictures from, uh, some some pictures of him in his uniform and stuff. And they weren't his boot camp pictures, other Mm -hmm. pictures. And that my grandmother would go through the mail. So she opened up the mail and saw these pictures. And so there was pictures of him in his uniform and obviously, my mom was supposed to get the big one, right? Right. Nope. She got a wallet size. Everybody ah. else, she gave, she gave all the pictures to everybody else. Mm. Well, on the back of the of the big one, my dad had wrote her a note: "I love you, I miss you." Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And she framed it. And when my dad got back, she grabbed the thing. My dad grabbed it and said, "This was for Roseanne. Like, this is the note on the back." And my grandma was like, "Nope, that's mine. Put it back on the wall." Like, and so my grandmother. Like, for my memories of my grandmother are very loving and friendly and like, you know, come here, Michael, let me give you a kiss and give you a hug. And then you hear the stories of, you know, my mom's experience. The crazy. She was, oh, she it, was a bruka. She it was, a, you know, it was down like, for yeah. generations. Like, it's a real Yeah, it's, it's a real trip. But as far as my dad's side of the family, I know my grand. I call my grandparents on my dad's side of the family, grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. On my mom's side of the family, I don't, I, my grandmother... God rest her soul. On my mom's side of the family, she was actually murdered when my mom was 18. Oh, um, I didn't get to tell the story. Just yeah, skip okay. it though. Yeah. Skip it though. So she, she was murdered when she was 18. Um, when my mom was 18. Um, and her dad kind of just hit the bottle and just never went oh. back. And so he was very mean to my mom and very just, you know, very disrespectful and stuff. And so I never had a relationship with him. Like as a, as a grandson, I never had a relationship with him. And come to find out, like, none of my cousins did, except, you know, a certain pair, but, um, Becky and 
Richard and oh, interesting. Richard. yeah, they all have okay. a real close relationship with him. That's interesting. But the rest of my cousins, they never, they, 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 nobody was really close to him. He was always at the bar, and he was just really surly with all yeah. the sons and everything. And so, um, come to find out, when he passed, he had told his best friend. His best friend had told my mom like he couldn't have. Re- he was really hard for him to have a relationship with her because he, she looked so much like my grandmother, yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. he couldn't have that. And I was like, eh, it's kind of a cop out. Grow up. You know, I know it's hard. I know it's painful, mm-hmm. but you have kids, and like the story of my grandmother on that side is crazy because <laughs> uh, my grandmother and uh, grandmother Gonzalez, she was uh, she had planned to leave my my mom's dad. Oh wow! And so at ten years old, she pulled my mom aside and started teaching her how to cook and clean and do. But she started teaching her how to cook and clean for at that time for five brothers. Oh, wow. So she was making pots of beans. She was making this and that. And then when my, when my grandmother left, she left off a kid. <clears throat> so my mom at 10 years old was comforting her two youngest brothers who were like three and four. Yeah. And so things like that. So, you know, my mom, for a long time, she put my, my grandmother on this pedestal. And I think when she came to peace with this, she realized, like, you abandon your kids for another man. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not, you don't deserve to be on this pedestal. Like, I still love you and... You know, you were still a caring woman, but for lack of a better term, you know, you you abused us, mm-hmm. and you just, and then you just left. You really? left for this other for this other yeah, man. And she said she remembers telling her like, "Take me with you." Like, I want to go with you. Wow. And she was like, "Nope, you're all staying." Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. it's it's uh, I think from that, my mom was like, "You guys got to keep." It. And I remember like me and my me and my older brother, we get into fist fights and stuff, and my mom would come out. <laughs> And me and my brother are both six feet tall. My mom's, you know, all of five two, five three. And she'd come out and she'd be like, "You guys are the all you got. Once me and your dad are gone, it's just you two. And that kind of, you know, we, we, as kids, it's we were insane. like, "Yeah, we were kids. We were like, yeah, crazy old lady, shut up." And but now, as we're older, it's like yeah. you're right. You know, at the end of the day, we are all that we have. And so, without my my brother, he joined the military and was gone for a long time, and he came back and. He is very much like always like I need to be around you guys. You guys need to be like, mm-hmm. close to me, you know. So that's me. That's that's, that's mm-hmm. my family. And so you you all eventually moved around with your dad, right? While he was in the military. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, I was born in California, I was actually born in uh, Oceanside, California. Um, and then I was there. I was born in '79. We were there till '85, the winter of '85, and we moved to Okinawa, Japan, um, from. Roughly six to or seven, seven to ten, we were in Okinawa, Japan. Um, I think that's about the time my dad would have been there too, because mm-hmm. hmm. he was a marine oh, in okay. Okinawa. Yeah, and so, um, and he, dude, I, let me tell you, I got pulled over when I was in college. I was going to work to check my schedule, and I didn't have my tags, and they pulled me over. And apparently, I had a warrant in some small town, Texas, for speeding, and so they busted me. And so they, they put me in handcuffs, put me back in the squad car, took me down to downtown San Antonio, locked me up, called my dad, and was like, hey, come pick me up. He comes in. As he's checking me out, the guy behind the counter, the sheriff behind the counter, he was like, I know you. he was like, Gunny. And my dad looked up, and he goes, Gunny Benavides? And he was like, yeah. He goes, it's me. It's so-and-so. And my dad goes, hey. He goes, they start talking. Hey, how you doing? Da, da, da. He goes, why are you here? He goes, oh, my son got busted for speed. Oh, man, you should have told me. I always let him out. You know, this is that. <laughs> Come to find out that guy served with my dad while we were in Okinawa. Yeah. And it's it's become such a small community that yeah. people from everywhere it's like, oh, I served with you here, I served with you there, this, mm-hmm. this, and that, blah, blah, blah. 
So yeah, it, if if they serve, they probably either know somebody that they serve with or yeah. they know each other. Yeah, that's know? what I'm thinking. I was like, yeah, maybe our dads mm-hmm. know each other. Know. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> so yeah, so we moved from there to Okinawa and then from Okinawa we moved to Jacksonville, North Carolina. From Jacksonville, North Carolina, we moved to El Paso, Texas. El Paso was the first time that I was actually in like a really strong Mexican community. Yeah. And Alex was like so excited to go. I was. There. I was like super people. I was because I never like your people. Yeah, that, and that's what I would consider. And so he thought. And so I thought. <laughs> That was a show shock. I would I have never been culture shocked until I moved to El Paso. Wow. Like with my own people, that's where I was culture shocked. Yeah. And, it, and the big reason was because when I was in North Carolina, I was like, at one point, I was the only you know Mexican kid in school, mm-hmm. and you know then there was other people that were Mexican. And you find out later, like, oh, you're Mexican too. Like, yeah, well, I don't know. But for the most part, I was like, oh, you're the brown kid. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, it and was. You're not that brown. I'm not at exactly. all. Exactly. I'm not brown as yeah Weird. at all. And okay. but I looked ethnic, which yeah, sure, which helped which helped me with girlfriends, but not with you know exactly. like middle school girl, middle school girlfriends. Like, nothing that, nothing that. Very very attractive to, to <laughs> people who were not brown, and so. Oh. Uh, it was like the lady at the barbecue place said today, I like Mexican food and I like Mexican men. It was hilarious. Yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. Cashier yeah. lady. Because she asked me where I was from and I was like, oh, from Brownsville, Texas, you know, down by Mexico. And she's like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah, but we like barbecue. She's like, yep, barbecue. Mexican men. I was like, all right. Wow. That's how it was in middle school. Um, <laughs> so uh, when when my dad said we were getting stationed to El Paso, all my friends, you know, were all clowns and stuff, and they were like, "Old El Paso, thick and chunky," which is like a hot sauce. It was a oh, double, yeah. yeah. So so uh, they would be like, "Man, you're going home," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I'm going." So I get to El Paso. It's like the summer How of ninety. How old were you? How old were you? Um, you must be like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, that was freshman year in high school. So okay, it, was, okay. it was a summer so between fun, eighth 14, grade 15. and ninth grade. Yes. So I get there in the summer, which is the worst time to move when you're a kid because school's out. Yeah. But luckily, I lived, you know, almost right across the street from the high school. So I would go to the high school and I would go work out and I play basketball and everything. And and in North Carolina, that's all you did—you just play basketball. And so when I got to El, when I got to El Paso, I just kind of picked up and just played basketball. Mm-hmm. And so I started to get to know people and stuff. And then school started and I started playing football. And we were there. And it was the first time that I heard like Mr. and Mrs. Yes. Without the last name. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, like, I went to school in the DOD system, the Department of Defense system. Now as an adult and later, even I recognized even when I was in college that the DOD schools are one of the, are the best school systems. They they pick the top notch teachers. They don't mess around. You know, it's completely very, different. It's completely different. The cold, a lot of people were like, oh, were you were you like, you know, a lot of friends of mine were like, you went to DOD schools, did they like you're gonna go in the military? And I'm like, no, they push college on us from day one. Yeah. Like I have friends that I have a friend now that I got in touch with that I went to middle school with and we both had the same experience where we went to high school in public schools. Mm-hmm. And we were shell shocked at the idea that people didn't know what they wanted to do. Yeah. Like we already knew that we want to go to college, that we wanted to study certain things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. It changed, but the idea of going to college was put into our heads at in kindergarten. Yeah. And it was constantly drilled into us. Like you're going to college, you're going to college. Education is important. Mm-hmm. I get to the public school in El Paso and it's like, 
you know. Free for all up in there. Do I got to come to school? Mm-hmm. It's like one of, you know, the school that I went to, Parkland mm-hmm. High School, um, their dropout rate from their freshman to their sophomore year was 50%. Yeah. Wow. And their their graduation rate from freshman to high school was like 30%. Yeah. Right? So 30% of the kids, yeah. Pregnancy rate too. And then a really hard, really hard, high pregnancy rate. Um, but I went there and I remember coming home one day and I'm, I was just mad after like seeing all this going on, like all the Mr. and Mrs. and the gangs and the this and the that. Mr. Yeah. Mr. I had a teacher named Mr. Oaks. Um, he's one of those teachers that you never forget. Uh, he looks, he, when South Park came out and they had, uh, Mr. Garrison, yeah, me, and my, me and my friends all looked at each other and we're like, that's Mr. Oaks. Like we all, all of, we all went to high school together. We were like looking at the TV and we're looking at each other and we're like, they stole Mr. Oaks and put him in a cartoon. <laughs> like, cause same demeanor, same pat, like it was just crazy. So, uh, I, I get home and my mom looks at me and she was like, are you, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. Back to and she was like, and I was like, I hate Mexicans. I hate them. Wow. And she goes, she goes, why? What? What? She was like, you hate me? What? And I was like, mom, all the stereotypes, all the stuff that my friends used to talk crap about, like coming to, they all exist in this high school. Like <laughs> the yeah, cholos and the, the yeah. bad accents and the disrespect and the guys that think that they're gangsters. And I was like, everything that the stereotypes that people talk about, I'm like, they're there in the high school and it's maddening because nobody wants to just I'm like I, I hurt my knee this is one of the stories I hurt my knee playing football I completely destroyed it and I was on crutches and I, and I would come into the classroom and I did this to all my classes I'd pick the door I picked the, the seat in the first row farthest away from the door mm-hmm. and I would turn it sideways so I could see the entire class people mm-hmm. in back of me and people in front of me so I turn it sideways my back against the wall type deal I'm in Mr. Oak's class and he's reading the story. And he would read like very provocative books that had cuss words and stuff, and he would yell them, you know, <laughs> to, to the keep point, everybody awake. To the point where teachers would come in and be like, Mr. Oaks, can you keep it down a little bit? But he's like dropping F bombs and talking about people being murdered, like all of these books. Oh my he gosh. completely strayed from like the mandatory reading of, you know, like Hamlet and, and <laughs> Romeo and Juliet and stuff like We were reading like, you know, The Vampire Lestat and Monster oh, wow. by Cody Scott and you know, we read Forrest Gump, which wasn't bad, but like yeah. a lot of the books that we read were like really violent and bloody. And it was just him like wanting us to get passionate about reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one day he's reading and there's these two gangsters in the back and they just keep talking and talking. And, talk. and he's like, hey guys, keep it down. So finally, I'm, I'm on my, I have crutches and finally I look over and I'm looking at one of the guys looking at me. And then he's like, you got a problem with me, Holmes? And I'm like, yeah. Holmes. I'm like, yeah, I do. You won't shut up. So he gets up and his friend gets up and like they're walking towards him. So I get up and I grab one of my crutches in my hand. Uh-huh. And Mr. Oak's like, Alex, calm down, sit down. I'm like, oh no, it's on. Like, we're going to do this. It's like, somebody's going to the hospital today. And this, the two guys are like, oh, we'll see you in the hallway. And I was like, oh, there is no hallway. We're doing this now, you know? And it was that day where I got home and I was just like, this is, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand why teachers don't have bats and can knock these kids out because a lot of these kids need to be like I was thinking this back in '93. Tune yeah. in, parents. Tune yeah. in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was thinking this back in '93, and I was just like, it, it was maddening. And so it was a that was a culture shock. The culture shock was that I was coming home, quote unquote, 
and living in this Mexican community, but I was not adapted to it. And I wasn't prepared for it at all. I came, yeah. came from a very, I came from a very sheltered background that I lived on base. We lived within mm-hmm. the gates. We had good schools. If you got in trouble at school, it was possibly your dad was in trouble with a commandant, you know, yeah. like the, the, the commandant of, of the base and was going to have more yeah. diversity also. Oh yeah. yeah. Huge diversity. So when my group of friends, and this is, this is another crazy part. My group of friends in high school were very diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, and, and, and now you talk about it and it seems silly, but I had, you know, two black friends. I had a friend that was French Indian. I had a French, a friend that was, you know, Irish and, you know, from Boston, but not Irish, Irish, but he's Irish American. Um, you know, most of my friends were Mexican American, you know, or Mexican. And, uh, but people would see us and they'd be like, why do you hang out with that guy? He's a black guy. And I'm like, that guy's hilarious. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that guy cracks me up. But when you walk down my hallway, you had, excuse me, you had the black part of the hallway. Mm-hmm. You had one gang that was over here. You had the Mexican gang that was over here. You had the punk rockers that were over here. Yeah. But there was 900 kids in our school. So you knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Our school was tiny. So you, everybody knew. When somebody knew walked into those hallways, they were like, that's a new guy. Because you just never seen him before. Yeah. So... But everybody kind of knew everybody, and everybody had their own groups. And we everybody kind of intermingled, but they stuck within their own groups. Yeah. And then you would see my group or our group, and it was like the United Nations. People couldn't, <laughs> people couldn't tell, like, well, who are you hanging out with? Like, I see you hanging out with this guy and this guy. And so it was a very eclectic group. You know, mm-hmm. I had a friend that was a friend that was Vietnamese, um, and we hung out. We went to all kinds of parties, and we went to all kinds of sides of towns and everything because we had, we were never. A, like pinpointed to be affiliated with like a certain neighborhood or a certain area or yeah. a certain group. So we were able to go anywhere and everywhere. Um, it is interesting for the most part. That's hilarious. Yeah. And so, okay. After high school, mm-hmm. when does Crystal come into the picture? So, um, I went from, <laughs> I was going to say, at one of the gang fights, you know, I showed up, I snapping her. my finger. You know, what's funny is that my dad, my mom would say like, we were watching a movie one time and this lady pulls a knife out of her hair. Okay. Right. What? Yeah, she pulls this like this, this you know, it's Mexican, there's a Mexican dance and this lady pulls a knife. I forget what movie it is. Yeah, it is. This, I think it's, uh, uh, not American. What's Down it? by Honor? No, Mi Familia. Mi Familia. Yeah. So she oh pulls, uh, she goes into her hair and she pulls a knife out, right? And when watching it, my mom goes, I did that for your dad one time. <laughs> wow. But again, like my parents were, you know, my mom's from this super small town from my dad met her and... It, Where everyone wielded swords. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it's like so out there. And then you hear, you know, like I said, the story that I told you is like, is gummy bears oh compared to what my dad had. Like my dad has the craziest stories. And no matter, I, I have done some crazy things in my life, like going to Juarez and hanging out with certain people I shouldn't have been hanging out with and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. But I, you, I, I could sit down and talk to my dad and tell him those things. And he was like, hmm, that was a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like that. That's just his life, which his life is a movie. And it's crazy when, wow. he, when he starts to describe it. So I, from going to the mentality of like, you're going to school. Yeah. It went to like, there's school after this. Like there's college. So when I, when I came out of high school, um, I moved my senior year. I moved from El Paso to San Antonio because my dad retired. Oh. Um, and so I moved. And when I moved, it was like. Oh, I got to apply for colleges. Like, yes, there wasn't somebody there to be like, "Hey, you guys, you guys got to apply for schools." Like, our counselors were just like, "Oh, you guys are monkeys that can push buttons." 
Go out into the world, you know? Wow. So I applied to St. Mary's University and I got in. It was the only school that I applied to. I didn't apply to any other school. I didn't. I had. I took my SATs there, which is why I applied to that school. Um, it was not like it was my only school. I didn't think about applying to anywhere else. So I was there for a whole year and I got hooked up with um, NHI, the National mm-hmm. Hispanic Institute. Oh, institution. Okay. Mm-hmm. One and I got hooked up with this group, and they started. It was a new organization on campus, and so we were, you know, those a bunch of young Latinos that thought they were going to change the world, which was, and then <laughs> half, would, half would go get high afterwards, and then the other half would be like, "No, nah, I don't do that." I was part of the group that was like, "No, nah, I didn't do that." So then this one shows up my sophomore year. This one, yeah. <laughs> and here's here's where she's going to say this: it didn't happen. No, no, you tell it. So the way I remember it was. We were going. We got invited to go to a Democratic fundraiser at a restaurant, and she and she was also invited. And we met that day, and that's the day that we met. Um, and we kicked it off, and we just started. We, you know, we thought each other were funny, and so we were just we became friends mm-hmm. at that point. Um, she had two friends that made out with the same guy and they were upset. <laughs> what? They were upset because they were like, I didn't get to make out with them longer you than you did. You were missing some pieces oh of the story. God. Yeah. See, see. So no, you, you don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> so this is like, this, this is different days. This is different days that's going on, right? Um, I ended up dropping out. Oh. I dropped out and I moved to Austin and started going to community college in Austin. Uh, then... And and we did not stay in contact. We we knew each other for a little bit, and then I dropped out. I went to Austin, um, started going to school in Austin at the community college. Came back, and um, to San Antonio. To San Antonio. Came back to San Antonio, mm-hmm. and a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, uh, the guy who invited us to the Democratic, he was graduating from school. So we were going to, or I didn't know she was going to be there. Um, we, uh, I was going to the party and I get into a car accident before oh. going to the party. I have a bottle of tequila in my backseat, right? That's going to be a present for him. We get into a car accident. Is this right? Or am I jumping ahead? I don't know where you're at in this story, but you keep going. So, I'll, I'll interject later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, so I get into an accident and so I borrow my dad's 1978 Ford F-150 Whose steering was the craziest steering on the planet? You know what? I was wondering why it was such a junky truck. Yeah, <laughs> see? Junky so I had this because I had a Galant. I had I had bought this Galant and like in the first two months I wrecked it. I <laughs> reared somebody, and so uh, I was bar. I was like, Dad, I gotta go to this party. It's my friend. He's graduating. He's like, Yeah, take my truck. Well, his truck, you gotta like, you know, you grab a steering wheel and you just keep it steady. Yeah. And his truck, you had to move it back and forth <laughs> like eight inches on each side yeah. to keep it straight because it was, you know, it was. I, that thing scared the crap out of me. Like, I hated driving the truck. So I get to the party, and she's there. <coughs> and so we uh, we reconnected, and it kind of went on from there. That's oh, medium correct. Yeah, we kind of went on from there. Um, <laughs> can I made out that night? <laughs> <laughs> we went back to one of our friends. that's when he decided he was going to yeah, no. <laughs> we went back and then so I was I decided that I was going to go to school so I, I was still in community I decided to go to community and I left St. Mary's because it just the atmosphere wasn't for me like mm-hmm. it, it was just a lot of kids that came from money and it wasn't 
couldn't focus. It was just a lot of people like, you're going to go on spring break? And, you, and it just wasn't my atmosphere. Like a lot of fraternities and a lot of like frat life. And I just, I'm not that kid. Like I, I wasn't that kid then. I'm not that kid now. I just kind of, I would always tell people like, I come from El Paso that's full of gangs. And you guys feel like you're gang members. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. your whole fraternity clique is all very gangish. <coughs> and I didn't join gangs in high school. Why am I going to join one now in college? Like, I, you know, it, it didn't appeal to me then. It doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to me now. Um, so I ended up leaving. I just, it just, it was expensive. It was too expensive for my family. And so I, I ended up leaving. Um, we met, we met at the party. And so we started hanging out a lot more. And no, no, no. You said make out. Well, we did uh, that too. We hung out. One time. We hung out probably to, <laughs> we would hang out probably to make out, but it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sexy. I can't, I can't deny it. Breathe it out. Breathe it out. Let me rewind she Alex's She pursued story. me a lot. <laughs> wow. I just let you know that. Okay. Let me back Go all ahead. the way back up to this party. So we get invited to the Republican meetup party. It which, wasn't Republican. I'm sorry. Democratic. Democratic. Yeah. I always think you say, but anyways, Democratic meetup party. So we go, I had an awesome dress that night, which I don't even know if Alex remembers it. It was so cute. I thought I was looking <laughs> cute. And anyways, and um, so we met up and, you know, it was like, whatever, hey, what I, I mean, I vaguely remember Alex being there, like real vague. And then the person, our firm, mutual friend that would throw these events. Which had a thing for her. She doesn't believe it, but he had a thing for her. Okay. Right? Well, <laughs> so... He had this thing in his house. He's like, hey, we're having a group meeting. You should come. Everybody's going to be there. We're going to talk about whatever for the organization. So, okay, cool. So I go to this group meeting. It's a kegger party in the, like, country. Like, a hundred something people there, a band, kegs. Yeah. It was crazy. That was his... Oh, no, that was another different party. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so anyways. So that, that I think that's where I meet Alex because somebody is, like, really... Kind of a weird group of people. So I end up on a sofa and we're talking. We're yeah. watching like American Me or something. And it's like the dumbest movie. And I'm like, man, this movie's dumb. And Alex is like, yeah, this movie is dumb. So then we just make fun of the movie. We end up hanging out. We hit it off. It was really fun. And then we just like remain friends for like years. We were friends for like seven years or something. Babe, are you serious? Did I miss some steps in there? Seven years with friends. You think she, I'm going to be with your friend or your friend for, and then ask you to marry me okay, after seven years? Okay, well, you years. know what I mean. We were hanging for seven so years. So we were hanging, yeah. We wait, were hanging for seven wait, years. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm Crystal, not done. I'm not okay, done. So, so Alex said at some point in there, I had these two wacky friends. That is true. They were wacky. and uh, But they were really nice. And they liked this guy who, I this is going to be horrible, but it was kind of pizza-faced guy. He was a very really... greasy gentleman. Okay. See, it's not just me. He was a very, he was a greaser. And anyways, <laughs> and so one of my friends liked him, so somehow she ends up making out with him. And then later in the evening, my other friend makes out with him. And then Alex tells me, your friends are such hoes. I hope you're not like that. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, I'm minding my business on the sofa. <laughs> Let them do what they're going to do. I'm not their mom. But they start crying. Like, oh, one yeah. of them. So far for style. One, the first one that made out with him. Saw the other one making out with him and comes comes back into the room that we're in. And this is very large. Like, our friend had this uh, very large bedroom. It was like... I think a, he was his house. Like, I think it got... Like, it was his house, but the, the room got converted um, to, to to this huge JJ, bedroom. come on. Um, That's the dog, guys. Yeah, well, sorry. We got our, our dog here, and he likes to intervene with stuff. Come on, Jay. Hey, come ben, on, buddy. Ben. Why are you looking Jay, at me? Jay, Lynn, 
So she, we're, we're on the sofa watching this movie and she comes in and sits on the bed and she starts crying. And I'm like, oh, your friend's crying over there. What's going on? And so, um, and so she's like, you know, your friend's, your, your friend's crying. And she's like, oh my God. Yeah, the guy's name was Gabe. I do remember that. Oh, oh my God. She was thinking I was Gabe and I can't believe she would do that to me. And blah, blah, blah. And the other friend walks in. The other friend's like, what's going on? And they're like, oh my God, you're so gross. And you're making out. I'm like, you guys, you're not mad at the fact that Gabe made out with both of you. You're yeah. mad at the fact that your friend made out with Like, your parties are... So I look at Crystal and I'm like, yeah, your friends are kind of skeezy. Like, I hope you're not. I hope you're not next in line to go make out with Gabe. You know? And she's like, Gabe's gross. You know, da, da, da. And again, you know, this I think we're like 20 years old at the time. So she, so we hang out then. We hang out a couple more times. But I'm, I'm in Austin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still kind of in touch? or Yeah, we're still kind of in touch. We give, you know, where... Well, let me tell you this. This is interesting. I don't know where this happened somewhere in this scenario in between you being gone. But the mutual friend we had called me up one day. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. The one that Alex says likes me, right? I'm like, whatever. We're talking. And then I asked him, like, hey, whatever happened to Alex? Like, I haven't heard anything. And he gets super mad. And he's like, you know what? If you want to talk to Alex, why don't you call him? And I was like, you yeah, know, I think I will. And that's when I called him. And his little brother answered the phone in his house. Who is like five at the time. He's in like, Maybe. he's like little. He's like, hello. I'm like, yeah, is Alex why there? And that's when we started talking. He was adorable. Oh my gosh. My house, my house, my mom was like, oh, you know, we watched radio. Your mom don't even answer We watched, actually, I watched it for the first time when I was like five. <laughs> so that kind of gives you an example of my, my house was like wild banshee <laughs> well yeah no I mean like I watched Nightmare on Elm Street and all that kind yeah. of stuff when I was a kid too but I, I'm I'm saying like what is it with little kids wanting to answer oh like, it's phone? an adult like thing. that's just something yeah. that's like oh my gosh like, I'm okay. oh, I, I get it I got it the bills are for me that's what they're <laughs> <laughs> well, what you were saying Oh no, that that was it. So that's when I called you, and then yes. we started talking. Started talking, and, and then, then you came to see me in Houston. I did. Oh, this is hilarious. So well, was, you moved, but you had moved back to Houston. Why did you move back to Houston? I changed my major. Was that the reason? Was it yeah, this? no, that's why I moved back because I had changed my major. But there was they didn't offer. And, a I, and I hate to bring this up, but oh, here we go. No, it's not anything bad. But Joey's baby passed away while you were in San Antonio. Yeah, but I still moved back because they didn't have my major anymore. Like, okay. I, well, I, like you, was at St. Mary's and um, wasn't getting what I felt like I need to be getting out of it. Now, I will say this. Oh, here we go. I am kind of responsible for personal changing her major. Why? Because you were a law major. I was. You were pre-law. It. Yeah. And we were talking one day on the phone and you were like, hey, I'm a pre-law major. I'm like, well, that's cool. Da, da, da. Is that what you want to do? And you were like, well, I really like art. And I'm like, well, why come you're not an art major? So we start talking back and forth, and you're like, da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden, that's a stretch of influence, right there. <laughs> I'm just saying, what, you, what are your degrees in? Unrelated. What are your degrees in? Law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to me you got two degrees, and they both have to do with art. Anyways, so, so. Alex, so we're talking. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah, we're talking well. over distances, whatever. And uh, so Alex comes to see me, and I'm at a different school now. I'm at St. Thomas downtown <laughs> Houston. That's great. So Alex comes to see me. Well, that's rage. They use a skip over the rage story. We'll come back to that one. Okay. So Alex comes to see me, and we get to my dorm, and I had been mentioning to my parents, like, I might have a friend from college. Exactly like this. I might have a friend from college, and would it be okay if they stayed here?
And that's the end of episode 102, our interview with Crystal and Alex. 102. Um, next week will be part two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited that you would hope that you would come back and listen to it. It's pretty funny. We'll hear the rest of their yeah. love story. They crack me up. I really hope that y'all enjoyed his stories because they're so funny. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed this this interview. And like interesting. And I, and I you know, I was super excited that we got to come back and like have an interview. Yeah. And I know we've got a few more lined up soon and we'll be working on those. Um so yeah. We hope that you'll come back. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to episode 102. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at So This Is Love Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at So This Is Love Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at So This Is Love 10. Yes. And um, yeah, we emails. hope you can email us. I love emails. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Yeah. Um, let us know. And um, yeah. So, Where can they email us? Oh, you can email us at so this is love at yahoo.com. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming back. If you get a chance, hit us up on Apple Podcasts yes. and give us a rating and a review. And we would love you forever if you do that. Of course. Uh, we hope you all have a great week. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.